Icy Hot starts working instantly to dull the pain with the icy cool sensation. Then, the warming sensation relaxes it away. Feel the power of Icy Hot's contrast therapy. Ice works fast, heat makes it last. Icy Hot. I feel good. Dad, are you singing to your cereal? Come on, Ava. Silk almond milk starts the morning on a high note. <laughs> Silk almond milk. With calcium, vitamins A, D, and E. Feel plenty good. Gravity had a good run, but it's time to feel the weightlessness of the Brooks Glycerin 21. These running shoes feature nitrogen-infused DNA Loft V3 cushioning. Brooks has even magnified the plushness to elevate the softness to new levels. And if you want extra support, find these same features in the Brooks Glycerin GTS 21. Learn more and shop now at brooksrunning.com. That's brooksrunning.com. Hola, friends. This is another episode of Help Me Be Me. And this is an interview with uh, fashion forward, funny chick, starter upper, app developer, entrepreneur, photographer, friend to girls, and one of the best dressed gals I know, pop culture icon Jennifer Puno. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> so today I wanted to interview uh, one of my besties, Jennifer Puno, or she's, as she's known to most people, Puno, because um, she is just one of the most inspiring people I know. And her and I have been in a soap opera together. We've cooked seven course meals together. We've done epic photo shoots together. Mm-hmm. And we've laughed heartily throughout. Um, and she, along with her husband, has created the curated photographic map of cool and beautiful places across the globe. It's called Made with Map, and it's on Instagram. And it's a visual mapping flat platform for celebrating people and stories. And aside from that, there are many other awesome projects just cause, including a Star Trek homage with photos and gifts shot on location in Iceland with a photographer and friend, Ken Lin. And you're also an amazing fashion photographer, and I could really go on forever. So today's topic, I was thinking uh, we could just discuss path forging in, li- in, in general and in life, because Authoring your own life fearlessly but intelligently is something that I think a lot of people aspire to do, but a lot of people don't have the gumption to do. So I'm hoping to demystify the process um, for other people that are maybe stuck in a job that they don't like and potentially pursue a dream maybe that they don't have yet or uh, that maybe they already have in the back of their heads. So it's more just to simply ask, what if, so you can open a door to a new possibility that might be unseen. So. Um, with that, I will introduce Puno. Hi, Puno. Hi. <laughs> um, and I should disclaim ahead of time that we sound alike. So that we sound alike. Yeah. We, yeah. You might forget. <laughs> you might not know who's talking. Um, so I wanted to talk to you because you've reinvented yourself, uh, and you kind of do so effortlessly. Effortlessly. I like that word. Effortlessly. Effortlessly. There, I did it. Okay. Effortlessly. Um, and you're very uninhibited. You're motivated. You're super intelligent, beautiful, funny, and supportive and inviting to others. And I'm kind of obsessed with you. <laughs> I'm obsessed with you! <laughs> um, so you're one of those people that every time I hang around, I feel like it, I evolve to the highest form of myself. It's like, you know, that thing where you like rise to the level of others. So I was thinking about what is really inspiring about you is that you are uninhibited and that you're very authentic so that allows other people to be themselves and like it invites more individuality and secondly you're very capable so you're you're driven but you're also great at learning and applying your skills Um, and I think that's one of your greatest assets is like you have openness and intellect and so when you combine those two things you can do a lot of things so I think a lot of the Teaspoon fans are people just like us, and they're working professionals, but they have potentially another passion that they just haven't given enough weight to yet, and so they they don't really attend to feeding their creative spirit as much as they do just trying to make money, you know, just to have, like, the other stuff in life that's fun. So the question I wanted to, to discuss is how to know when to quit your job, mm-hmm. like your career, like maybe you have a set career path, and you've like pretty far in it and it's not a bad job but you don't really love it so you kind of did this process years back and you've stuck to it and you're now like successful and you're 
you seem like you're never going to be moving backwards in just the amount of momentum you've built. So how did you decide to commit to being your own boss? Um, well, you know, I think that that part was easy because I was just tired of being told what to do. Like, because I worked at, um, I mean, we worked together and yeah. then, <laughs> you, you know, that one. <laughs> and then, um, it was actually, that was good compared to my last job. And then I think that really just was like, I'm so tired of getting orders from someone else that I don't respect. That was yeah. like pretty much it. And I was like, I was actually super okay with, you know, learning from someone else. I mean, I learn from Daniel all the time, um, but I wasn't allowed to make mistakes. I wasn't allowed to try new things. I wasn't allowed to like fail and then, you know, learn from that. I was always expected to know everything, be an expert or have experience in doing something. Um, and so I felt like I just could not experiment at all. And when I didn't have that control, um, I couldn't let my, my team do that. And when I couldn't let my team do that, and all of us just kind of stopped with momentum in general. Right. And I didn't like that feeling. I really like being able to create a culture where there's always just this momentum of any idea, well, not any idea, but, you know, like the good, any, you know, good executions that you want to do, you should right. go like for it. Right, like you try anything. Right, and so... Um, Trying to be my own boss was pretty much super simple. Uh, that that part for me was just really a no-brainer. <laughs> I was like, I want to do this. But did you were you afraid or were you hesitant, or was it a very black and white decision? Um, that part is the very black and white decision. There's other things that keep you sustaining like the jumping in part for me I think I'm kind of that person anyways not everybody's like that but I do jump in and if it's something that I like it's I, I don't have a lot of fears about it so I'm like okay jump in now the part that's hard is maintaining being the boss I I go through that all the time like there are times where I'm like Daniel you be the CEO I can't I don't want to make this next decision like I'm tired of making all the decisions or I don't want to be the boss anymore. And that's the part, that's the, the real struggle that I, you know, always have. Like meaning consistency or just maintaining the stamina of it? Or is it more yeah. just discipline? Like I think it's the stamina, it's the emotional like weight of all the decisions that you always have to make. It's um, you, everybody, it's, it's kind of like everything's up to you so if you fail everybody knows who right. the reason why it failed is because of you like that whole weight of everything and that's more of just like the everyday right <laughs> like more than I'll tell you what jumping in is way easier than just maintaining that for the rest of your life you know wow <laughs> I didn't think about that part <laughs> but if you, as long as you make it fun then it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen. It only happens on every now and then. Did um, you and Daniel both agree from the start about how to go about the, the, the like, I guess when you were first deciding you were going to leave and mm -hmm. you, like, knew you wanted to just quit, how, what was the decision-making process you went through as, like, a couple in order to decide to go for it? Well, he already, like, so when we got married, that's when he quit his job because now he was... U.S. citizen, but um, so he already was off of work for two years and learning how to program, and so we kind of already knew that um, we wanted to do this, but what made us like really decide is when we worked on OctoFeed together, which was the side project where he was just playing around with a Facebook API, and I designed it, and I like marketed very little, but like it got some traction. Um, for the a little amount of work we did and that's when we realized we could work together and that's when we realized that It's not it's not gonna be that hard just to you know if I quit my job and We just go ahead and just do it But the actual like meat and bones of how we build map and how like we want it to grow That's an everyday thing too, right? We still have to figure that out <laughs> well, <laughs> so what, what was your worst-case scenario like I think you're unique in the fact that you were very, you have a very clear understanding of what you want and what you like mm -hmm. and what you're gonna do. And I think you can apply steps re like very easily when you, cause you just do have that clear vision. And I think a lot of people have like, they're very, very 
tentative and they're worried to even think about taking any risks. Mm -hmm. So I think that like it's a very it's a great, a great gift to have. So if I know that you're when you do take steps like you're very they're very thoughtful. So so what was the backup plan like in a worst case scenario? Um, so the interesting thing about our setup is that we decided that Daniel was going to be C CTO. My aunt told me this. She's like, you guys should make roles. And I was like, okay. She's like, somebody has to be the CEO. Somebody has to be the CFO. Someone has to, whatever. And so I was like, okay, Daniel's CTO. Or he said he was, because I can't do that. <laughs> and then um, I would be CEO and CFO. And so CFO, like I had to take care of the money. And so um, basically, and, and the reason why is because I was better at hustling and doing freelance than hustling, not like girls, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at hooking. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and then he's really good at programming, and so, and that takes so much effort. So we just split that. Um, so the worst case scenario for me was that I wouldn't be able to bring in the money or that, um, yeah. I like we I just wouldn't be able to bring in enough money. That was like the worst case. But it really wasn't that that bad because I had a backup plan which was I can always just go back to work. Right. So it that's it wasn't like I know that I can go back to work. Right. It, and anybody can go back to work. Right. It doesn't evaporate. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It, I think it was like if freelance work wasn't continuous enough, then that would be tough. Um but yeah, that hasn't had a that hasn't been a problem yet, fortunately. And if it was a problem, you would probably figure out a solution pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, I'm so all right. So I'm like coming up to March. I'm gonna we're gonna be kind of like done with our savings that we had for this because before we jumped into this, we had savings. Mm -hmm. um, so like in March is around the time where we like really need to start making some profit here mm -hmm. and so that's going to be an interesting time because <laughs> we'll see because we're trying to do it right now right so you got six months before ish and so we want to figure it out right now and then hopefully build that give it some time to iterate and then by the time it's march we won't have that problem anymore mm -hmm. so we'll see that's cool <laughs> I bet you'll do it. <laughs> I put some I have a, money on it. I have a feeling. Um, uh, okay, what if you could choose to do anything differently? Um, what would it be? Like if you could go back in time, just about like the way you handled transitioning from, I guess, the day job into this venture. Yeah. Like, oh, um, big thing I would do was I wish I took a break, like. I mean, I did, but I, I did it after I realized it. So I worked at um, Activision for three years, and then um, it was like total emotional wreck on myself. Like, I'm talking drunk girl, like on the side of a bar crying. Like, I do not cry when I drink. Because <laughs> you were miserable. I was miserable. I was sad, and I was miserable, and I didn't realize what that did to my, like, whole yeah. Everything. It's like killing yourself. It is like killing yourself. It really is. And I was just like, I remember going into work and I'd be shaky. And I was like, eh. And that's when I told him, I was like, I got to get out of here. Like, this is like totally physically, you know, messing with me. And then, um, so right when I quit, I was like, oh, I'm the CFO. I got to take care of everything. So I lined up all this freelance for the fir first two or th two months right after I quit. And I pretty went... I pretty much went balls to the walls freelance and I wish I didn't do that because I was not emotionally, I needed to just cleanse. Right. I needed to like just chill out. And fortunately Daniel was, he was just like, yeah, you just, you, you've had three years of this and who knows what it's done to you. So just let's take a step back. And so we took a five week trip to Thailand, finally took our honeymoon. Uh -huh. And then that was like, whew, all right, but I still needed some time. Right. So, um, because going on vacation is totally different from coming back and dealing with your crap again. Yeah, and it's different from feeding your creative self. Like, it's exactly. definitely not, yeah. It's not the same. And that's when I started creating boundaries. So, um, I think that was the big thing for transitioning from building a freelance life that was sustainable that I wouldn't resent. Like, I wanted right. to make sure I did not resent 
freelancing because I made choices that overworked myself or overstressed myself out or whatever. But those were all things that I had to like be um, really clear about. And, you know, like you were saying, I'd like, I had these steps where I'm like, okay, this client I can only work 10 hours a week for, period, right. max. Never go above that. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people overwork themselves or they give more than they're paid for because they feel like they're, I don't know, I feel like it comes down to like an awareness of your own value. Yeah. Like you have to really respect your own value as a human being and your talents so that you can just require certain standards for like the way you work yourself. Because I think a lot of people do that. They go above what they've promised or what they're being paid for because they're like worried about not being, you know, the best because yeah. it's you yeah. that you're selling. So it's like... And you're, and you're worried too that you're not going to be able to m make the next dollar. Right. And that's like, I think if... Um, I think the big thing for freelancers is they need to understand that their their value is also their time. Yeah. Time is everything. Time is more than money. So it's just like... I started uh, using Harvest and I would just like track everything I would do just so I could get like, you know, with my fitness pal, you do that for like a couple months. And you're like, damn, an egg is like 50 calories. <laughs> like, but you start understanding like, okay, answering emails actually takes me three hours a day. Right. So I now know like, I don't have to track my time as much anymore, but like, I now know like, okay, this will take me this much time. Um, just don't try to overload myself. And I do realize that whenever I am pulling an all-nighter, it's because I didn't manage my time well. I can't blame the client for that. Like, I just didn't, you know, you can always tell a client no. Right. Um, it's really just you setting up the boundaries and just, you know. And you don't have to be mean about it either. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. And yeah. you can leave yourself out of it. Like, it's not personal. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was What's the most profound effect of starting MAP um, in your personality? Like, Separate from work, just like what changes it created in you? Um, so I used to say this about UX design. UX is um, user experience. It's a fairly new like design job that someone made up. <laughs> and it's basically wireframes. You create wireframes, but you also kind of create the experience that somebody has when they're interacting with a website. Um, but I always called it like you're making a party. But I never really got to make that. Like when I worked in interactive advertising and I worked at Activision, you kind of always had to do what they said. Mm -hmm. I never got to build something myself. And I always wanted to build my own online party. Not like a, like a real, but you know, where people, you have to introduce other people to other ones. There's a lot of like human dynamics going on. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I got to build that with MAP. And we have an amazing community of like, People from all over the world. It's nuts. And it's like, and it's it's a bunch of people that I'm just like super inspired by. Always like, I treat customer service kind of like, I don't know that I'm talking to anybody. And I just like look at their Instagram or look at their website and then just have a conversation and bring context to my customer service. I'm like, oh, you want to upload this photo? I don't just say upload this photo. I'll say upload this awesome photo that you took. Mm -hmm. By the way, that's awesome. Anyway, so because of that, I get to just meet all these really cool people. So I have, like, now I know that if I ever go traveling, I have, like, friends everywhere. <laughs> like, yes. Let's, except Antarctica. We don't have any. Damn it. No. What's wrong with you, Antarctica? Nothing in Antarctica. Um, what do you think are the most basic necessary steps for, um, I guess, deciding to, figuring out if you're going to quit your job. And then if you do want to quit your job, like what are the three, or what are steps that you would take in preparation for that process? Um, definitely figure out your financial situation. <laughs> um, not necessarily, um, not necessarily like what, how much you have in the bank, but how much you need. And I think that's the first step is just like understanding and not taking a, not take like not budgeting yourself too much because you need to make this sustainable. So, um, you know, spend what you spend and then let's figure then backtrack from that. Once you know how much you need to make, I mean, I use spreadsheets, I love spreadsheets, but um, you figure out, okay, this is how much I need to make. And then, my friend wrote this thing in um, 
this book called You Are a Circle. It's a really good book. And it, there's this one page in there that uh, he says, you know, juggle the three P's. Actually, I think I said the three P's. I think it's just juggle three projects. But the whole point of it is you should have three projects and juggle them all at the same time. The first one is um, something that you that will bring you money but isn't always going to make you super happy, but it will definitely bring you money. You can count on it. Mm. Um, and then the second one is uh, do something that, you know, lets you experiment, lets you play a little bit, might bring in some money, but, you know, it, you don't have to count on it too much. And then third one is, like, totally just for you. It's so fulfilling. It's so awesome. It makes zero dollars, but... a but if you juggle these three things at the same time, then you're setting yourself up in the future because eventually these jobs will just move up and then you'll be able to have job number three as actually job number one. Um, just because of the nature of investing time in something that it will eventually grow into a profitable. Totally. That's cool. It's just investing time. Yeah. That's all it is. It's all time. And, and I think the other thing too is that like, um, it, I mean, it does start with money because the job number one, you need to know how much time you can commit to it. So if you, you're juggling these three things at a time and your life, like you have to sleep and eat and all that stuff, there's actually so many hours in a week that you can commit to all three of these jobs. Mm -hmm. And so now you know how much time you have to work on the job that pays and how much you actually have to make your rate. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to kind of like balance that. Like for me, I, I, that was when I actually raised my rate because I was just like, if I want to do, if I want to play and go to Iceland and like take animated GIFs and then I want to do photography stuff on the side, I don't really have to, I have to raise my rate. Like right. I have to. You also have to like put your, you know, what is it? Put your money where your mouth is or I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I have heard that before. You have to prove it. Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, right, all right. right, I'm a million dollars an hour. Right. Take no, it or totally. leave it. Yeah. But you have to basically your value. Right. But I think if you are honest with yourself, it's okay. Like, mm -hmm. you, it's totally okay to do that. But, um, but yeah, I, that's my, I've been doing, I have been doing that for the past year. And it's great because it's like. Sometimes the second jobs, the ones that are, like, all about playing, they don't really turn into anything. Mm -hmm. um, like, I do photography, right? Mm -hmm. And then I started getting gigs from that. But then I was like, ugh, it's a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, a lot of, like, physical effort. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I could do that all the time. So I kind of totally. had to put it it's, on the side. That's, <laughs> I feel, like, the most, um, the, the most valuable learning is to write your list of priorities and to stick to it because like and sometimes you'll you'll figure it out like naturally like you did but I feel like one of the hardest things especially if you're like you have a lot of passions is like they'll fight oh yeah and you'll be like but I can't oh, yeah I, mm. so you almost have to like abide the list hierarchy just religiously and mm. like you can't like put that before map no. because it's like yeah I have the same problem where I'm like I do want to do that thing, but I can't because it means it'll take away from all the other things. I know. I And I like, in the beginning, so right when I quit my job and then after I got my break, um, then I started having, I played. I just like, that's when I think that you probably saw me change too. I was just, you know, um, I was doing photography. I was styling with photographers that I really admire. I was um, like... I don't know. Driving across country. Driving across country. Yeah. I was uh, being a counselor for this camp. I mean, I was like doing all sorts of stuff. And I think that that's, you you know, if you've been in corporate or you've been in like this kind of nine to five, very um, rigid, you know, schedule and you need to get out of that, you also need to make new friends. And that takes, that takes time too. Um, but you have to give yourself time to play for like, I would say like three to six months. That, I feel like that window also is what inspired or created like the very beginnings of MAP. Like I remember the road trip you took and that was like the start of it. That was, yeah. I mean, because like, we, when we started Octoplace, which was what MAP was before, um, I swear if I didn't go to Unique Camp and if I didn't meet like Cecilia, a lot of these, 
a lot of our like transition into map would not have happened. Right. It would, it's like you have to, you had to pull from vast areas that were different and and great, but beyond where you were in right. order to like bring them back into your life. Totally. Um, and what's crazier too is that like I know that I can't replicate that. I can't replicate that step to get to where I am now. Like everything I do next has got to be something new and different too. Right. It's not going to be the same. Right. So it's just like it's always changing. Like some, I always have to do something new. And I think that's, that's the fun part when yeah. you start accepting it. I think it's also trusting that it's going to happen that way. Yeah. I think a lot of people like <laughs> suffer in jobs because they can't figure out the path right. to a different thing. And it's because that path is not something you can figure out. It's like it's faded very much from being open. You yeah. know, it's like you're, you'll have to like explore and then it'll show up. Yeah, but it's like you're not going to create it. It's outside of you. Yeah, it's not. It's not in you, and you're learning yet. Therefore, expand, and it'll come to you. Um, what has been the most meaningful lesson you've learned um, about business? Um, I th- just keep doing it. <laughs> that is the craziest. Like, it's the hardest thing, but it is. It is the most important thing. Like, yeah. you have to do it. You have to just do it every day. Like, I just started a side project called I Love Creatives um, with a friend of mine, and we, I only dedicate an X amount of hours to that, too. And, like, that's why there's not a lot of momentum. It's just, it. but one, one week I did. I worked a lot on it, and there's so much momentum. Right. And it's just, like, it's just so, they're just correlated. It, they, you work on it things will happen. And if anything, it'll get you quicker to the next thing. Yeah. I heard an interview with Seth Godin yesterday on a podcast. And he's like, he's published like hundreds of books, but he's, his like one of his most important pieces of advice was once you start to commit to work, like to working on it every day. Yeah. And then you commit to doing more than you're like willing to do. Like basically push yourself like outside of, enough yeah then you start to get successful yeah it's like pushing yourself to an inconvenient like uh i can't sustain yeah. this like that's when that's shit. when shit's gonna happen yeah. yeah it's like an athlete right totally. you're like oh that's like the window yeah because like you'll see people working out and then you'll be like you're not really pushing yourself <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about i've never no you're like and then i'm like because i know i know and i'm like uh <laughs> Um, what lesson hurt the most to learn? The lesson that's hurt the most, um, I, I think definitely staying, it's, it hasn't been much with the new life. (laughs) That's all been great. It's really been, I wish I did it sooner. Yeah. That's all. It's, I know. (laughs) It's true. It's just like, I... I think at the time, I don't know, like I just was like waiting for something else to change. Mm-hmm. And it's usually like if something's going to change and it's going to be fast, it's, it's very apparent that that's what's happening. Like it's not going to be like, uh, one more year, everything will be different. <laughs> it's like slightly, <laughs> but it's not like that much different. Yeah. I mean, I, and I feel that way with MAP and with... Um, with Isle of Creatives and any other side project, I feel the change. Like, when you're working on it, change is happening, and you're like, that's what change is. That's like something is happening and something is different. And then, you know, you're in a job, and it's like, there's no change. Mm-mm. And I'm not saying that, like, all jobs are like that, because obviously I hire people too, so they have jobs. <laughs> but, right. like, it's, it's just, like, being really honest with yourself. Is this really gonna change for you or you like do you like why are you here right you know what's stopping you to get to the next step and how can you overwork yourself to get to that next step (laughs) right without having to force yourself to hit like a bottom yeah where you're like I don't want that on I don't want that for anyone I mean it was it was funny like my drunk (laughs) my drunk crying (laughs) but then not funny I know I think it's just when when you're in that place, it's like you're paralyzed almost by this. It's like it's true. It's like the non-growth track is what you get stuck in, and it's like some sort of 
habit. Like it's a it's a habitual, like self-imposed stuckness where you just don't see where you're supposed to go next, and you don't realize that you have to decide to just jump. Like you yeah. have to just push yourself to not necessarily know. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Which is terrifying, I think, for most people. I think so too, and I'm and I like, I think that the big reason why it's so terrifying is because money and not knowing what you're supposed to do next so like money that's that's a really simple problem it's just you need this much so what do you have to do to make that much if you just look at it not like super emotional and look at it like this is just what it is that's how much I spend that's like one of the most I think like basic but I don't know for some reason not obvious yeah. steps to take is like write your budget. Write your budget. Figure out how much you need. That's where all the anxiety comes from. Yeah, it's true. It's it. And then the second one is the whole like not knowing which path. Then just let yourself go and understand that this is the t- I think you had a podcast about that where it was all about letting yourself grow. Mm-hmm. It's like this is your time to grow, so accept it. Like mm-hmm. you were calling it a blessing. And I was like, that's totally what it is. Like it's just this just take advantage of this time you get to do whatever you want yeah and like it's okay that you mess up because no one's watching you you don't have to you know do a performance report later about how yeah. well you did photography <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like a incubation like see what sprouts on you yeah kind exactly. of period Ew. <laughs> <laughs> um since i've known you you've always had a you've, you've always been very self-assured and um confident and I think um for a lot of people that's difficult and I would I was wondering where you think that came from like what instilled that in you or whom or like where did you get grow that muscle I think I don't know my my mom (laughs) well like my mom always told me and maybe this has to do with it she told me that because she wasn't treated well when she was younger so she always made sure that I got a lot of praise so from mom, I got a lot of praise. And then from my dad, um, he treated me, Daniel said this really well, he's like, he kind of treats you like an adult and he doesn't really tell you what to do. Like, that's awesome. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're, when someone, like a grown-up puts their trust in you, you rise up to that. Yeah. Like bar. Yeah. And then I'm really disappointed in myself, like, if I don't do something. I mean, and he would totally bribe me, too. But it wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be like, he wouldn't even really reward me that well. Like, it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Because that's what my mom would do. He would just be like, ah, that's, that's good. You want like $200 for shopping spree or something? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, we're both adults here. I mean, we had to do this part. Exactly. And then sometimes like, this sounds awful, but like sometimes he would forget to like feed me for dinner. (laughs) And it's just because he's a forgetful guy. But like, he's like, oh, I didn't leave a 20 on the, you know, on the thing. And I was like, I don't know what to do with the 20. He's like, oh, just get some pizza. And like, (laughs) then you like became very empowered. Yeah. 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 And I was like, that's cool. I see the phone. I'm like, (gasps) ding, 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 (laughs) ding. Ding ding. Hello. Hello. Pizza. I need it. Pizza. Pizza. You're like three. I need it. And they're like, what? Pizza. Adult. work actually yeah right call like anybody I call anybody call anybody <laughs> for a pizza <laughs> next time I call you I'm gonna do fingers that. crossed it's not yeah. good. <laughs> uh, so what gave you mo- the most inspiration as a kid like what sparked something in you passion wise so I feel like it's always like the most unlikely of, of sources that like inspiration comes from it was like the but of whatever, when I was a child, or when you were like a young, I feel like when you're in college or when you're in high school, it's like, I don't know, maybe I like to draw, maybe I'll be an art. Like, it's like so hard to figure that stuff out, so. Um, God, I don't even remember. I have such a horrible memory. <laughs> I don't remember anything, but I think that also, because I have a horrible memory, it makes me always come up with new stuff. Right. Or like, reinvent. enjoy, yeah, reinvent and like do new things. Um, but I mean, 
really significantly, like, when I was 11, I got into, like, a lot of trouble. I was just such a, I was just anything. I'd just be like, yeah, let's go to raves at 11. Um, and then I got in, like, big trouble, and so my parents sent me away to my grandparents. And then when I was with my grandparents, I was just so bored. And then <laughs> I was, like, so bored. I was just unbelievably bored. And then... Um, Everybody at that school, where they were all like super drug, druggy, drug heads. Like, I mean, the fact that they took me out of the junior high that I was in, I was in junior high, and then they took me to this other junior high where it was like way worse kids. Like, you know, you'd think that would be bad, but it actually turned me off a oh, lot. Weird. And I was like, I do not want to be like this. Because there's an, a 17 year old in my junior high. And I was like, that's sad. And I was like, oh, I don't want that. It felt like Oprah. <laughs> I don't want to be you. <laughs> and then, um, and so uh, they moved me back uh, after a year because I was good. But those two transitions, I basically had to move to a new school, eighth grade. And then I had to move to another new school for freshman year. So I had to go through the lunchroom by myself twice mm -hmm. without anybody. And so I totally mastered that. I knew, like, the period right before lunch, got to make some friends. Right. Real quick. Because, like, you got to do it the day of. Right. You know, like, the first day of school. And so I picked this one girl. I was like, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and then I just said hi to everybody so I could have somebody to, like, eat lunch with. And then I was good. That's totally, like, the weird, uh, I don't know what to call it. Like that, yeah, you get, you glean like brand new skills based on like just being forced into like really uncomfortable circumstances, but I feel like they end up being your greatest strength. Yeah. Like they say that about like, you know, like comedians, comedians, like they're, they gain all of their skill set from just being like bullied and <laughs> they have to survive. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you went to like a boot camp of social skills. Um, when you were growing up, did you always know you were going to be successful? Um, I I don't know. Or did, were you always very driven? Or did you just kind of like... When I was in junior high, I that, oh, that's when I was getting into trouble. When I was in high school, I basically had to get my parents to trust me again. And so I like did everything right. So I made straight A's. I was like, uh, you know, top 30 of my class. I was like president. I was homecoming queen. I was like prom queen. I was I the debate team. I did everything so that my parents could trust me again. And <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Whatever what? motivates you. <laughs> but it was like it was it it. I mean, I I don't think I think after a while it just kind of became fun and our class was dope too you know Nicole mm -hmm. I mean she's part of my class that's like the the vibe of our class was like that so it was like really fun oh that's cool it was a really fun school so but like yeah I, I think that that drive was really just so I would like because my grandfather every time he would see me he'd be like don't go to hell okay and I'm like <laughs> no more sins okay and I'm like oh my god he still doesn't trust me even to this day he's like I pray for you and I'm like oh my god <laughs> I'm fine I'm doing all right <laughs> no hell okay yeah um who inspires you the most in the world and why mm. these are these are Hard. <laughs> um, is this super cheesy to say? Uh, Daniel, for sure. Aww. I know. They're awesome. <laughs> he's, he's really, he can hear all of it. <laughs> he stopped typing. Did you hear that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but seriously, he, yeah, definitely. Because I, I really like, like, hearing from, or, I really like people that I can, you know, really understand like how they got there. And so I just see how he is every day and I see like how much effort he puts into it and how much like care and detail and everything. And um, yeah, it's like, it's like when you're surrounded by that, like you're just like, well, okay, more. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all it is, just more. And then it's just like detail, attention to detail and um, 
Oh man, I can tell Warm. what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely like I, I it is. It's like intoxicating. It's like when you're around people like that, it's that are just excellent. Uh-huh. I feel like it yes. brings out my best. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. It's like, you know, you become accountable when no one's looking right. to a different degree. Yeah. Or you're like, I have to show up way better than right. like what I'm, you know. And what I guess like the other thing too is that I just don't I try not to um like obviously I'm not gonna make bread better than he does, but like I'll do that. I with... actually liked your bread. <laughs> I know you always... It was so good. You were like, I'm never making bread. Again. I was all like, it took you like <laughs> put some of my yeast in there. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Well, that's probably why it was so delicious. <laughs> yeah. Um what took the most blind uh, jumping, like versus pragmatic, systematic learning, or like following a set track in your life? Like, what did you just not predict that you just kind of like closed your eyes and just? I think that has it's mostly design stuff. Like, um, most design decisions I make are really off the cuff and just like. Just do it, because I got other stuff to do. <laughs> I do that, too. Yeah. I feel like that's the nature of, like, I think that's a good habit to have, though. Because it's like, otherwise it's not going to get out there at all. Yeah. It's like, you just have to put it out. So Totally. And um, ever since, like, when I used to design, you know, at Activision or all these other freelance jobs, I would, like, spend hours on one design. And now I probably spend, like, 30 minutes, <laughs> like maybe. I really don't design as much anymore because it just doesn't need, I mean, design in terms of visual design. I think UX is totally different. Like we spend a lot of time talking about things, but like in terms of actually like making it prettier, putting some like pretty animation, like you don't need all that. I've, I feel like that's like a really new lesson. I think for anyone that's worked in like a, a background where the production, like there are a thousand people in the production of something. Mm -hmm. It's like you get in this habit of perfecting things so much so because there are so many people that are hired to do different parts of it. But like I forgot that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No one's going to notice. It's not like a, it's like no one knows that stuff. Nobody. No one will notice it except for you. And I had to like, I feel like once you realize that you're doing that, you're wasting time on yeah. stuff that no one, that doesn't matter. It's like you have to just like untrain yourself. Yeah. Like from noodling. I stuff. tell I tell my clients sometimes I'll be like, I don't think anybody will care about this, but if you want me to do it, it'll cost like three hundred dollars extra. <laughs> and they'll be like, uh, I don't want to do that. Okay, we won't do the swipe animations with the stars. That's, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Just pay more. But I, I mean, like now that you're creating your podcast and like you're doing all of this new stuff, like I'm sure you totally feel that way as well. You're just yeah. Well, I you have to be so hands on, and you have to just like get it out there. I think at a certain point, it's like there's not more time. Literally, like you're <laughs> physically out of energy and time, so you just have to put it out in the world and like let go. And it's fine. It's totally fine. And it looks great. I'm just like totally fine. It's, it's not just, that bad. Yeah. And it's and it's okay to grow in front of people. People totally. love that. Totally. Like I get emails all the time from people on Map, and they're like, I love seeing Map grow. Like Aww. they just love it because it's like they were there in the beginning and they stuck with it and they're like still here and we're still growing. I just started getting a lot of those letters like <laughs> from people that were like, I've been listening or I've been reading your blog for years since the beginning. And I'm like, ah? mm -hmm. it's just a weird concept. Yeah. I'm like years, many, many years. Yeah. You've been doing it eight for years? years? I think it's probably like eight years now. What? Something like that. Or five years. I can't remember. Wait, are you talking about Hello Giggles? Mm -hmm. Oh. Because I started writing for Zoe when she started it. Oh. But it's just a, like, odd feeling. Like, oh, you don't, you look up and you're like, oh, I created this legacy. That's cool. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite thing about the life you have built for yourself? Oh, doing whatever I want to do. Like, that's so awesome, man. Like, just being able to be like, I'm going to work in this project. I want to, like build this feature and we want to do whatever it's whatever you want that's like the coolest part <laughs> ah, so cool it's so cool <laughs> oh that's so cool anything literally anything and that's the problem is like you know you can't actually do anything mm -hmm. you really can but like 
you just got to pick one first, do that enough, get it, get some momentum on it, and then move on to the next thing. Juggle them three peas. <laughs> hi. Hi. <laughs> what experience uh, learned knowledge do you wish you could give to everyone in the world? Like if you could install it into their gut, like what would you gift somebody else? Um, oh, I think that fearlessness, I think, you know, I felt bad when you asked me that first question, like, when did you know you want to be a boss? I'm like, that came naturally. Like it does. Not everybody's like that. And I have to remember that. Cause I was talking to Pa. Was, she's one of our friends. And I was just like, yeah, Pa, just do it. Blah, blah, blah. And then Pa's like, Puno, I'm not like you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you're right. You're not. You're not. I'm not saying that you can't do it, but it will take a little bit more time mm -hmm. and effort and different kinds of motivations to get you to do whatever is the next step for you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's that fearlessness um, and just know, and then that clarity and just knowing that whatever, it's not going to be that bad. Like no, it's, totally. it's just a job change. Like it's not that bad. You can always go back to your previous job because you got it once, you can get it again. Totally. And you'll be like more, you'll have more insights the next time around. Like you'll approach it in a better way. Yeah. I feel like when people get stuck in jobs, they're just, their world becomes shaped by that job. Yeah. And the logic gets shaped by it as well. And so you have like this very insular, like cult-like blindness. And yeah. you forget that you are so much more outside of that. Right. It's like you forget your value outside of that universe and I have like I have friends too that have quit their jobs and have gone freelancing and then have gone back to their jobs but now are in their jobs happy because yeah. they know this is for me totally this is what I want I just needed this kind of environment um that was one thing in terms of like clarity and like understanding what freelance environment you should create for yourself is knowing what your deal breakers are like really knowing when I was at work, I did not like this. I didn't like coming in at seven in the morning. Maybe that's what it is. Or I didn't like, um, uh, I don't know. I can't even think of something right now, but like, I don't want to work with crazy people. Those could be your clients. Right. Like you have to really understand. And I think this goes with like writing down the things that are important to you, like your work environment, the way like, People who make Google, you know, the Google office, they have to think about these things too. They have to think about like what will make this work-life situation, you know. Conducive to creativity. Exactly. Innovation. And you, you got to do that to yourself too. Mm -hmm. I know. And it's like the same, uh, it's the same thing as like having a value in yourself, placing value in yourself and your happiness yeah. and making that a priority because I think a lot of people don't do that as well. Um, what is your favorite thing you own currently? My thing that I own? Uh, I mean... Like a new toy. Oh, a new toy. I, oh, I bought that potato slicer, the pasta slicer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw your... Wait, did you... It was, you know, let's see, how did I see that thing? I think I sent it to you and I was like, let's have potato pasta party. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like... It's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. I, ate, I, I made pasta yesterday. It was good. Um, does it have the texture of pasta? Yes, but it doesn't taste like it, obviously, because it's not... It's vegetables. Yeah, it's vegetables. But it's pretty good. I bet. It's cool. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, do you ever get um, emotionally stuck or, um, I guess, inspirationally stuck? And if so, what's your go-to tool? To get yourself out of the funk? Yeah. Uh, I think, so every week, I probably meet someone new. Like, uh, MAP, I get that. It's really great because um, a lot of the people that are on MAP are in Los Angeles. And every now and then, I'll just hit up somebody and be like, hey, you're on MAP and you're in Los Angeles. I'd love to meet up. Um, I think that is kind of my go-to and get out of a slump thing. Because being able to talk to someone who I don't even know and just telling them the things that I've done and the things that I want to do and then talking to them about things that they've done and things that they want to do is just like a super 
like positive boost. Right. <laughs> and it's like with a complete stranger. Yeah. It's like um, almost like a weird version of a therapist because it's like you're getting, a, it's almost the ability to talk something out loud yeah. from inside of yourself. I know. I set up a couch and everything. They have no idea what <laughs> they're doing. <laughs> I will like be back <laughs> and get, yeah. Modern, um, modern therapists don't do that anymore, I guess. No, that's like a Freudian thing. They're not <laughs> supposed to make eye contact. It's like psycho, psychoanalysts do that. Okay. Um, so what would you say is the best piece of advice you ever got? And it's something that changed your in- entire traje- trajectory in a good way. Um, okay, the first thing was, I think I read this from that three, that five loves book. Where it's like, what are your, lo- how do you love? I don't remember who wrote it, but um, he said, um, it's not um, as good as you want it to be, but it's not as bad as you're making it. Um, and that is super important for me because I have like super high expectations for myself and for other people. And I get really, really frustrated if someone's not on my level or if something that happened wasn't as good as I wanted it to be and then I get really destroyed if it's not as you know like doesn't it doesn't seem like it's working and it's like everything's out of control and I just I just need to tell myself that I'm an extreme person Mm -hmm. and that I just it's just not it's not as good as you want it to be but it's not as bad as you're making it yeah I feel like that's that's like a, a symptom of like a a very capable person is like when you can do a lot of things when they don't go the way you want them to it's like no <laughs> like, like why that it's like is a, it. such an injustice yes but it's I, I feel like the greatest gift I give myself is just letting go of all expectations <gasps> like always always like, Meh, yeah. it's gonna be fine no matter what it, yes uh, it's so freeing to think that way too and it's not like you're not caring yeah. It's that your expectations are just let go. It's knowing that they're not real. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're, whatever you're playing out in your mind that's the future is, like, false. Like, yeah. you don't know yet. You don't know, girl. You don't know. <laughs> um, future Puno getting all worked up. <laughs> okay, three more questions. What, if you could glean one skill from another person, like anybody, like, literally take it from them and subsume it into your body, like, what would it be? Uh, his, where it's just the patience, like... Patience to learn, to sit down and learn something, and or the patience to just sit down and, like, thoroughly go through everything. Um, Damn, that's hard. Yeah. I feel like you have that, and you probably... I don't... Yeah. You have it I don't have, not as extreme as him. <laughs> no. I know what you mean. Yeah. I feel like that, like, when you were describing him, I was thinking of Nancy Silverton, because uh-huh. she's, like, one of my heroes, and she has the exact same thing where it's, like, the commitment to the level of excellence to do all of the steps perfectly and that to me is like I like to cheat and I like to go faster yeah I like to cut corners like yeah and that's like the opposite of just well and, and you know okay so then this other thing Daniel said that he was like um I'm what did I am uh efficiently lazy or something like that I think it was efficiently lazy I could see that like it's like shortcuts yeah. Finding the really good shortcut. Yeah, like with math, I'm so bad at consistency. Like, I cannot, I, I tried. I tried posting on Instagram, like, three times a day, and I would miss it. And I'd be like, Duh! So, but I, what I'm good at is hiring other people. So I hired other people and training other people and, like, right. you know, making them happy and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so, like, I basically, what I do now is I freelance, um, I, I freelance more than I work on map, but I train and I hire like people to work on map so that net hours I work more on map. Right. And um, like implementers. Yeah. I so think, I think that's like what I remember there was a podcast that I listened to that we both listened to that was about partners. And some people <gasps> are just not implementers. That's right. It's like I'm the same way. Like I, I would rather, because I know what needs to be done, but it's like I don't want to do all of that. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. It takes a lot longer. It takes a lot longer, totally. Um, right now, what is your favorite business podcast? And, like, what's your favorite fun one? Um, my favorite business one, I, I really like Smart Passive Income. Yeah. Oh, that Pat Flynn. He's, he's a nice, he's a nice <laughs> guy. I like him. I like him. And I think that the people that he brings onto the show, even though I wouldn't do most of those things, it's 
things, it's just really interesting. Like, like, oh, wow. I mean, I know it's very internet marketing, but it's like, oh, wow, that's what they're doing with the internet. And they're making money off the internet, selling, reselling stuff on Amazon or doing a podcast about cooking or I don't know, whatever. But it's just, I don't know. I like the cupcake it. Cupcake girl. Oh, I learned so much from that. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was going to send that to you because yeah. I was like, she got that guy to help totally. her. Yeah. Oh, look. <laughs> um, so if you were speaking to somebody that hates their job but is trying to consider uh, and considers the idea of leaving it too scary, what would be your war cry to them? They're so like to push them, even either help tip them over the fence or just give them a solid push into the go for it direction. Would you want to act like the person? <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how I want to quit my job. Wait, why? Because I'm afraid. Why are you afraid? Because it gives me money, and oh. I'm gonna have kids soon. And I don't know. I worked really a really long time at it, so maybe I should stay in it because it's a good job. And what do you want to do though? What do you what What's the next thing you want to do? I don't know. Maybe write music. Write music. Maybe. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> well, you should. Okay, I would give you my spreadsheet. So we're like, we're like, I'm gonna have my spreadsheet. All right, how much money do you need to make? Oh, cool. Yeah. Wait, can I post that? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna post the spreadsheet that figures out how much you need to make. Yeah, I give it to everybody. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so like, basically, people don't know who are salaried. They don't know what their freelance rate is, and then they get really depressed. <laughs> so like, all right, let's say you make sixty-five thousand dollars a year, and then I'm gonna put how many hours you work. And then it will probably come out to $25 an hour. Mm -hmm. So now you know that you make $25 an hour. And then your reality is probably like, damn, I did not realize that. Damn, I did not realize that. Because <laughs> you're like, I can get a job for $25 yeah. an hour. I can do freelance work for $25 an hour. And that's when your reality is good, right? So now, now you need to know how much do you need to make to make $65. Um, and then we have another spreadsheet that just puts in, okay, if you need $3,000 a month, this is how many hours you need to work. And then we'll, from there, figure out what can you do with this music writing that can get you this much money. Hmm. That's a very, very concise problem. Yeah. Also, like, that sentence is something that I can Google and also read books on. That's true. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. How do I make money writing music? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You got, like then you have like because I, I think love like, Google. Totally. Oh, Me too. I Thanks, love the Google. <laughs> <laughs> um, alrighty. Well, now I do my little closing spiel. So um, when you allow yourself the freedom that comes with allowing yourself permission to fail or to try something new or uncharted. A million new doors appear in front of you, and it's something you can't see when you're hiding behind a self-made wall. So as a starting point, just decide to break the habit of saying but, and change it to maybe, or even why not. Because right now, if you're stopping yourself from even starting, you're creating intentional stuckness, and that's not helpful to anyone who wants to live a rich and bountiful life. So the last thought I will leave you with, because I think it's the most relevant to anyone that is in this place right now in their life, if you're meh, about work, but you're s sentencing yourself to it because all work is work, and even if it's going to be my own thing, I'm still going to be suffering. What you fail to realize right now is that your superpower elixir of passion is something you don't realize exists right now. So when you work a job that you don't like, you get nothing out of it. It's just like you're trying to tra traverse the time as though it didn't exist. And so when you have a job that you do enjoy and that does feed your soul, it's like fuel. It's almost like you're on the first day of summer vacation every day. And it gives you like, I don't know, just more energy. You don't even want to go to sleep. Like it's, yeah. it's something that's feeding your entire existence. It's, it's a value to you. Just like time with your kids might be value, like, or, or time with your friends might be a value to you. And everything is fun. So that feeling is one of the greatest feelings in life. And it's everyone's birthright, along with sex, love, laughter, good food. So don't listen to your own reasons to not jump ship. Because though you're working and maybe uh, for less money, if you follow your dreams, it makes every single moment of your life worthwhile. And that's worth more than it pays you in dollars. So I hope you enjoyed this. 
And if you liked it, please review me on iTunes, and I will post a vlog version of this, as well as a dance party <laughs> that you're invited to <laughs> uh, if you want to rock out with me and Puno. So thank you. Smile, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Smile. <laughs>